Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Friday, March 24th. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. As the U.S. president visits Ottawa, there are reports that Canada and the U.S. have come to an agreement that would close the irregular border crossing at Roxham Road. Well, I think it's, it's good news, and I know you would like to know more. Uh, you'll be knowing more quite soon from my colleagues and Prime Minister. The government continues to be dogged by the issue of Chinese interference after Liberal MP Han Dong quits the Liberal caucus. For the 23rd time, simple fact question, when was the Prime Minister briefed? And the House passes an NDP motion calling for a public inquiry into foreign interference in our elections. We're calling on all members of the House, particularly the Prime Minister, to let his MPs vote in favour of an independent, transparent public inquiry. That is the only way to clear the air. So I'm now joined by Bob Fife, the Bureau Chief of the Ottawa Globe and Mail. So, uh, Bob, there's so much to talk about uh, this morning, especially we have two big topics. Uh, the fact that the president, uh, Joe Biden, is here today. And of course, the whole issue of Chinese interference, which uh, you've been the lead on, uh, you and Steve Chase since day one. But let's get into the president first. He's going to have a busy day and address to Parliament lots of meetings. Now, we understand there could be a development on this big issue for Canadians of the migrants that have been crossing at Roxham Road, which is south of Montreal, uh, for many months, uh, putting a huge strain on the system in, in Quebec and so on. What's your understanding of what might happen there? Well, uh, senior government officials are saying that there will be a uh, pretty important deal uh, signed with President Joe Biden. Uh, on Friday today, uh, they're going to close a loophole in what is called the Safe Third Country Agreement. Mm -hmm. And this is going to allow um, probably around about 15,000 a year uh, of Central American, mainly Central American migrants to be able to uh, come to Canada through legal pathways. Um, the way this thing is going to work, it uh, each country can turn will now be able to turn away asylum seekers no matter where they cross on the border. Mm -hmm. Right now, as you know, uh, migrants crossing on official points are, all, are, 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 allowed, are allowed to make refugee claims. But they are also going to allow um, Canada is going to be allowed to, to also accept some. And this is this is really helpful to the Americans because they're flooded, as you know, in the southern border with migrants from largely from Central America who are mm -hmm. coming through Mexico and, mm -hmm. and and going into the United States. And so some of them are going to be able to come up here to Canada and will be allowed uh, refugee status. Right. So so that could be something that would be seen as a win for the prime minister. But uh, certainly these days with some um, and, and there'll be many more topics, I'm sure, you know, that we could get into to what to do about Haiti. And uh, is there anything in particular you, do, you want to focus on in terms yeah, of what I, you're looking sure for? That, yeah, I'm not sure we're going to get much uh, headway on Haiti. Uh, look, the Americans want us to take on a role in Haiti. The Canadian government does not want to. It's basically uh, a hell on earth, uh, mm -hmm. what's going on in there. And we tr other countries before have tried to go in, either whether as a policeman or as a military, and it's been a failure. It's, it's, it's really, really dangerous. And, um, you know, the, there are, these gangs are, are running the country now. And... Uh, and the Canadian government is really, really reluctant to do so. 
So I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any breakthrough on that. The other thing the Americans want, and this is something the Canadian government has said it's going to spend more money on, but the Americans want the money a lot faster, and that is the upgrading of uh, NOR- NORAD, mm-hmm. which is our North American Defense Aer- Aerospace Defense, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 that requires some serious upgrading of uh, early warning system up in the Arctic, which really needs to be done, particularly given the fact that uh, the Russians have built uh, brand new military bases up there. And the fact that China is becoming um, more aggressive in the Arctic, uh, it's it's trying to take advantage of the uh, warming of the Arctic waters to be mm-hmm. able to come through there, particularly because that would save a lot of of time and money uh, when the when the, as the Arctic waters warm to be able to ship through there. And as you know, um, just recently, uh, the Canadian government recovered some. Um, surveillance uh drones right. up in the arctic that were chinese made yeah so it's a, it's a serious issue and and you know the americans are saying come on guys you gotta belly up to the bar and put some money on the table right okay so now the backdrop of everything of course is um you know the the whole issue of chinese interference which uh you and steve chase uh have been all over since february 17th and has dominated the news um, now, in the last couple of days, we saw Liberal MP Han Dong resign from caucus over a global news report that he spoke to a Chinese diplomat about the two Michaels and suggested they should be kept locked up um, because to to uh, to release them might benefit the conservatives. Um, so he has stepped down. You have a front page story today. Tell us what you know about this. Well, um, first of all, Han Dong has been a subject of ceaseless investigation, whether he is anymore, I don't know, but certainly back in 2021, he was. Um, uh, Global News reported that um, in February 2021, he um, had a meeting with um, the then Consul General in, in Toronto, and it was recorded by CSIS, in which he reportedly said that uh, he sh- that that they sh- they sh- they need to make some movement on the Michaels to help the Liberal government, but they shouldn't release them right away because if they did so, that would only help the Conservative Party. We were told the same thing. Um, we we went to um, I first of all I spoke to Handong about that on February 10th, and then. We went to the prime minister's office in CSIS and Handong for official statement on March 3rd, and um, he denied it. The PMO said to refer to Handong's statement and that they insisted that if that ever did happen, it, but there was no back channel from the government. And uh, CSIS uh, didn't really say very much about it. Um, so we decided not to publish it because uh, we it, you know, look, that's a pretty explosive statement, if true, and but we didn't, we weren't unable to obtain a transcript or vo- or recording of that conversation, so we decided we better not uh, report it unless we could get a transcript. So um, now the prime, now the senior government officials are saying that uh, when we went to them on March third, they obviously were in full panic mode. They went to CSIS. they were able to either see it or had the transcript described to them. And um, they said there was there the transcript of that conversation conversation provided no actual quote 
actionable evidence unquote that uh, that he'd make the that he told them to not to release the michaels um because it would help the conservatives sorry who's who was saying this at this point uh, ceases uh, uh no a senior government officials oh i'm sorry that, okay yeah. yeah so that when they saw that they asked ceases to do either give them a transcript or mm-hmm. to describe what was was in that uh, transcript and they said there was from the the government said there was no actionable evidence that 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 you could draw conclusions that he was telling them mm-hmm. to not to to release the Michaels. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, your story says that Han Dong was was being surveilled, like he, they had a code name, they had a name for him, Scarecrow. According to his, uh, national security sources we spoke to, they called him Scarecrow, and part of the reason for this is that. Um, he had a very close relationship with the uh, Chinese consulate, and the consulate uh, tends to um, run uh, all the sort of operations in terms of in the uh, community in the Chinese Canadian community in Toronto, as they do in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's run out of the consulate, um, so so they had him uh, under watch because they thought he was too far too close to the um, consulate. So, what are we supposed to make of this? Uh, I don't know what to make of it, to be honest, because uh, I would really like to see the uh, transcript, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I hope that uh, members of parliament will ask for the transcript because we, uh, you know, there are, I think, credible uh, national security officials who say that that's what the transcript says. And then there is a senior government officials speaking for the government saying it doesn't say what uh, these officials say. And I would, you know, I, it would really be good if they could. Uh, provide a transcript to even if it's in um, even if it's uh, in uh, behind closed doors and then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, opposition MPs will be able to come out and say, well, we've seen the transcript and it doesn't say what uh, 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 national security officials allegedly say or it does say what the government is saying or, 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 or vice versa. I mean, I think that would be really, really helpful for uh, the opposite opposition parties to be able to see this transcript because if he did say that well my god that's horrible he, he denies he denies it of course and he says it's he's going to sue um global news for reporting right, right. okay so so basically it's a big <laughs> well the other thing really is why didn't they ask him to step down on march and Mark, why didn't he step down on March third when he, when we first approached them? And what do you think? I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know I'm. I guess that they only only decided once it became published, but. Right, right. So, <clears throat> so you have a lot of question marks about about the whole thing, and 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 anyone following it does. Uh, yep. Yep. Unless we see the transcript ourselves or have somebody yeah. who's a third party mm-hmm. who's reliable who can see the transcript and tell us mm-hmm. what it says mm-hmm. i've got a big question mark mm-hmm. okay so <clears throat> in the meantime you've been obviously following this and leading on it um yesterday in the house of commons uh, all the opposition parties voted to have a public inquiry it, it's not a binding uh motion but uh, it seems that the calls for a public inquiry just never go away. Now, do you do you see where do you see this in terms of? I mean, we have the rapporteur David Johnson's got till 
uh, May 23rd to answer the question, should there be a public inquiry? But it seems that every day the the calls grow louder. What do you think is going to happen? I think there has to be a public inquiry. Um, This is pretty serious. We have uh, a lot of evidence of uh, Chinese interference in our election campaigns in 2019 and 2021, but also in municipal and federal campaigns, particularly out in British Columbia. Um, And CSIS has been on the record for some time saying that China is the greatest threat to this country in terms of foreign interference. I think it shouldn't just be on China, though. It should should involve, um, you know, foreign interference from Russia or Iran or in the South Asian community as well. Needs to be a a proper airing of this. Obviously, some of it has to be beheld behind closed doors so they can see the CSIS's uh, counterintelligence reports and to be able to interview uh, CSIS officials, including uh, the whistleblowers, uh, about uh, what they knew and why they felt the government has been ignoring this. And, and uh, so the sooner it happens, the better. And, you know, look, I I don't think that David Johnson, is, as, as laudable as he is, was a governor general and as a university president, was the right person to do this job because, uh, you know, he's a family, very close family friend of the Trudeau family. He sat on the uh, Pirelli Trudeau Foundation, which just recently had to return money to a Chinese billionaire because it was part of a, a Chinese influence operation directed at the prime minister. His, you know, three of his children went to Chinese universities as university of waterloo president he did a lot of deals with china on terms of um uh, joint uh, research projects uh, uh, with, Ch- with chinese uh, universities including china's main military insti- uh, institute so you know he's just got he's got two it's just a conflict of interest he was the judge and trudeau was a defendant in a case before him, the judge would have to step aside because he's just too connected to Mr. Trudeau. So I don't think he should be doing the job. Even, of course, I I hope when he does uh, report on May 21st, 23rd, that he does Mm -hmm. say there needs to be public inquiry. Mm -hmm. But if he doesn't, Mm -hmm. the opposition parties are going to be going to explode because, you know, Trudeau didn't even ask them for if they'd run his name past them, they would have said no. Mm hmm. Exactly. Um, so uh, just my final question, uh, Bob, Joe Biden, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. the United States is very concerned about Chinese interference. Um, we have lots of uh, evidence about that, including yesterday, where they spent hours grilling a TikTok executive. What do you think is going through Joe Biden's head right now? And I'm asking you to speculate. Well, he's probably uh, happy that this is being finally raised in, in Canada and that, um, you know, hopefully the Trudeau government will take it seriously. I mean, the Americans have uh, been quite concerned for a considerable period of time that this government was turning a a blind eye to um, Chinese uh, operations in this country, mainly their efforts to get uh, Canadian technology, whether through uh, stealing it or through through, uh, the front door by buying uh, Canadian companies for uh, uh, for their intelligence, uh, you know, like say for artificial intelligence or whatnot. Um, also, they had, and we were the last country to ban Huawei, and that did not make the Americans very happy. Um, and you know that we have, although did agreement with them on critical minerals because China China was buying up our critical minerals, which really concerned the Americans. In fact, when David Cohen, the U.S. ambassador. 
uh, at, when he was at his confirmation hearings over a year ago, he said the number one concern for the United States as he came to Canada was to get the Canadian government to take far more seriously the Chinese threat. Wow. Okay, listen, Bob, I, I really thank you for all your insights this morning. And for someone who's half awake, you're very articulate. <laughs> Have a good morning. Okay, take care. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. That's Bob Fife, Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Globe and Mail. The Canada-U.S. relationship is a really, really important one. Now let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are saying today. In the Globe and Mail... Danny Asaf, Walid Hajazi, and Joe Mangat argue Canada must look beyond the U.S. and forge its own trade path. They write, with the visit of U.S. President Joe Biden, it will be important for Ottawa to mark and reaffirm the bonds of our partnership in these uncertain times. Canada's future always has been intertwined with that of our American friends. But at the same time, we know that the world's leading superpower has shifting administrations and priorities, so we won't always be at the top of their dance card. Any effective government is always focused on and responsible for providing for its people today and tomorrow, our energy, mineral, agricultural, and artificial intelligent assets, to name a few, give us a strategic advantage. A strong Canada is good for Canadians as well as our allies. At National Newswatch, Glenn Pearson considers Canadian disinterest in coverage of Chinese political intrigue. He writes, clearly, Canadians should be concerned with what they are learning about China's dalliances with our electoral process, but they are preoccupied with issues that they had hoped politicians would solve. None of this is to minimize the challenge Chinese interference has brought us. But if media and political concentrations remain as fixated on the subject as they presently are, Canadians facing economic fallout on so many fronts will come to view the China affair as just further evidence of elitist myopia. That should prompt reporters and politicians alike to recalibrate their efforts into more balanced coverage of the dangers threatening our hegemony. Canadians won't care about a country far away if they're losing their house or their job. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will meet with U.S. President Joe Biden and welcome him to Parliament. The Deputy Prime Minister, Chrystia Freeland, will join the Prime Minister for an expanded bilateral meeting with the President of the United States and in honouring him and First Lady Jill Biden at a dinner this evening. And NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will attend the parliamentary welcome ceremony for the U.S. President and attend his speech in the House of Commons. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, March 24th. Tune in to Primetime Politics Weekend on CPAC for coverage of all the week's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns Monday morning. Have a great weekend.